protests and growing national outcries continue over the death of George Floyd. Last night, people protesting in Minneapolis escalated as demonstrators were lashed by tear gas and rubber bullets. The main message here, the main message, the here? Main message here, is that they want to see those officers involved. They want to see those officers arrested. Officers arrested. Arrest, arrest, arrest. Ha ha yeah. Ew. It is ha ha yeah. One more woo, time. Woo, woo. <laughs> woo, woo. It is to be determined. The name may stick, it may not. It's kind of in a workshop, as as Billy says. This is Alan. It's being workshopped. Whatever. I'm I don't sure know what a workshop English major. Is. I mean, <laughs> hey, this guy. Hey, everyone can talk. Not everyone knows how to. That's the difference, all right? <laughs> don't you ever Yo, I should two-piece you. Don't ever forget it, but <laughs> this is to be determined. Bro. Podcast for the ages. Bro, I went golfing, man. 18 holes. You're a novice. You did nine and a half. Sand bunkers, the whole nine. Bro, I really <laughs> got stuck in a sand bunker, bro. See, I, I that wasn't even really there when I knew. I wasn't even there when I knew. Bro, that joint was bad. I shot, what? I mean, I shot, what, a 137? Not horrendous. I ain't going to talk bad on it because uh, I probably would shoot like a 140. <laughs> bro, something, I, something I mean, like that. I thought I was going to shoot I, mean, I don't a know the, I don't know the holes. I don't know the course. So. <laughs> I like, didn't either. I, it was my first time. I don't. I don't know. It was only my third time ever, ever like playing eighteen holes though. So I mean, it's not that bad for my third time, but still. Eh, that's true. Shitty. But how you doing, bro? What's up, King? It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, like all day. Man, days tell are. me why your day was long, man. man getting up at four a.m. is long, man. It's eight something. I know you a night owl too. You're not used to. Yeah, it. it's never been my life. Never been my wave. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even get a chance to watch the games. Like I ain't get a chance to watch much of the Lakers game last night. I mean, there wasn't much to see there, bro. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> it wasn't much to see. Before a lot of missed shots. <laughs> I bet a certain amount of money on a certain player to get 10 boards, and he had two. That's your guy. That is my guy, but that's not what we're here for. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Him being my guy, I'm allowed to say, yo, he's drawling. No, I, I meant like your other guy, like Dwight Howard, who's over here snatching rebounds from his teammates. I just fumbling I, into turnovers. I have that's a, your guy though. <laughs> that's also my guy, but I have a problem with that three-headed monster. It can't be three. It has to be two heads, two heads, one body, cat dog type shit. Because <laughs> I don't want to see Javale McGee on the floor. It's not his type of series. I don't know if you really want to see Dwight on the floor either. That's the and that's the <laughs> problem. That's the jig. That's the jig. Cause like Dwight might not be there mentally for a full forty eight. You know, he making jokes about oh, I'm about to go everywhere Jokic is going in the hallways in the bubble blah 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 blah. No, you're not, bro. Cause one, you got a socially distant bubble. But you know, he's a bull who he's heavy. Uh, He's heavy, no mask bull. So I don't know what he's like, what, what what he's really into. But my thing is, his style of play is 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 more helpful to the Lakers defense when guarding Jokic than I would say Javale's is. But they both don't bring that much offensively. You know, they they get their you know their their buckets in the flow of the game. But I just don't know if the right move is to continue to play all three. Well, well, both of them with AD in some form or fashion. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know why Dwight, Angelo McGee 
are on the floor at all at the same time because they are essentially the same player. Just in terms of like offense, you're now it's now a three against. We're playing five. three on five. What are, we the, what are we? Are we the Thunder? Is, is this hockey? Are we the Thunder? Is that Roberson and, and Kendrick Perkins? Shout out to Perk. But like, come on, you know, like. As good as you are in your role, if you're a champion in your role, if your role is not applicable to the series, you might have to sit down. And it's not like those guys are young either. It's not, there's I mean, no growth. There's no. There's no. There's no experience gained by just throwing them out there on the floor right what, now. I'm not. I'm not too worried as a Lakers fan because you know we still got Brown at the end of the day. And now you, Bron- <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I always give respect to Bron. It's his fans who I don't feel. You can't come to the purple and gold cheering for us like you've been here. You wasn't here where we had Ryan Kelly. You wasn't <laughs> here where we had Tariq Black. Like I was talking myself into yo, Robert Sacre is cool. Like, <laughs> like, no, and damn well that you know, wasn't I'm cool. like yo, Ramon Sessions broke a record over there in the G League. That's he gonna be he gonna lead the league in assists. Ramon, no. Ramon. You know I mean like y'all wasn't there for that? So like I get like you know AD Brian, what do you do? Like that's my problem with the with with the LeBron aspect of the fans coming to my team. But I mean you know root for us. It's been a while since we've been on this type of platform. Sure as hell been. But. <laughs> Take it easy, because we're going to get to your guys in a little bit. Chill. All right? Chill. <laughs> Eight seconds or less, maybe. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm not worried. Like, Bron had a triple-double. People woke up today and had the nerve to say he ain't really played that well. He ain't looked that engaged. I don't know how disengaged you got to be to be getting triple-doubles. Narratives. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. Like, but I will. I, I do want to give the Nuggets credit. You know, I, I feel like they haven't been, haven't been getting their credit at all during this whole run. And um, <laughs> you know, Jokic is great, really, really good player. But Jamal Murray is the guy for me who, who? in the series. Jamal Murray. Jamal. Jamal I don't know. I know Maul. <laughs> I know my guy. Maul. Okay. Well, when well, <laughs> when he's out here, you know, hitting split cats from forty. He over here. He could be Maul. He could be Maul Murray. Definitely Maul Murray. I think, and you know, it's it's funny, you know, Jay Williams brought this up earlier today. He he compared Maul Murray to Gilbert, Agent Zero. Do you see that? Can you do you definitely the assassin nature and like never being scared of a big moment, putting his team on his back, because that's what he was doing those years in Washington, putting his team on putting the team on his back. Gil was crazy, man. Gil was one of the first to me, well, when I started really, you know, understanding the game, he was one of the first, like, hybrid scoring guards at the point position. Because back then, it was a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm going to set you up. I'll, I'll get you eight, nine assists. I'll get you maybe 12, 15 points. Yeah, like him, Darren Williams and yeah, them guys. And then, and then you started having guys like that come in. Yeah. I mean, but, obviously, yeah, Gilbert Arenas is like, before Darren I Williams. always would watch Donovan Mitchell and be like, damn, like, he reminds me of Gil, like. The way he shoot, the way he move. But then when, when Jay said that about Maul Murray, and we will continue to call him Maul Murray from here on out. Oh, yeah, for sure. If I call him the other, his original name, we're going to have to put... The like, mother, the, the name his mother yeah, gave Yeah, the, the name his mother <laughs> gave him. We're going to have to put some, some money in the jar or something because he can't be called that. No, he's only Maul he, Murray. Bro, he's been playing at too high of a level to call him by his real name. Like, we, we all jump for joy and... 
and we're riding the wave of Daimler and Dame time. This man, Maul Murray, like he he he's playing at an he elite level. He showed me something. He showed me something. But the crazy part is, this Denver Nuggets team has been really prepping for this moment for years. Like, yeah, they've been knocked out second round, first round. They've had their their troubles, but this team was built on success, built with shooters, with a solid big who can see the floor and can pass the ball. That is that is that is a that is an easy formula for winning. I mean, I felt like we've had these conversations. The Nuggets are maybe the deepest team, just talent-wise, 1-15 to 15 in the league. And some people might say the Clippers, but, you know, they kicked the Clippers' ass. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that quick sidebar with the Clippers. I've seen people rumblings about, oh, some of the Clippers role players think they're just as good as Paul George. They got their own troubles. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, you know, they're they talking about Paul George giving committed – speeches about, you know, coming back for a title run and they're being met with eye rolls. Like, how much respect does he have in that locker room? And there's where it comes, it comes down to leadership and, and to bring it back to this to the Nuggets and, and their organization, how well that they that they built it. You got guys in Jokic and Jamal Murray who... <laughs> I was about to I'm, say, hold on, whoa, no, that's whoa, a whoa, whoa, Put whoa, a dollar whoa, in the jar. <laughs> no, but those two guys are their centerpieces and have been their centerpieces for the last three, four years, and it actually gave them time to, you know, gel, work together, figure out what they like to do on the floor, because those are key. Like, when you get to the playoffs, knowing the, your star players, knowing what spots they like to get to, where their other star likes to get to, then help them get to their spots and get their offense going, that's how you generate offense in the playoffs, and that's how you go deep into the playoffs, because now it's now you're playing a game of chess. You're not playing checkers anymore. You're Mm-mm. playing chess. Mm-mm. And... You know, you said leadership, and and we saw a funny-looking spot of leadership from Michael Porter Jr., you know, a rookie coming out in the Clippers series saying, yo, like, you know, we got two, two, two big-time players, but, like, you know, we need love too, you know? And you don't really see that from a rookie, especially in the playoffs, especially in his first year, especially having that type of talent. And, you know, there's a – like you said, leadership and all that, and like it's it's something that he showed. I didn't expect, but I, I think it's also, I mean, to your point of why he feels so out, uh, so inclined to be outspoken is also because this is the second year on the team. Last year he sat out the whole season because of his injury. He got drafted last year. Yeah, it's he, funny you said that he got drafted last year because um, y'all could have used him, and by y'all I mean the uh, Philadelphia one, two, three, four, five, six. Did I say it wrong? Did I, did, I, did I say it wrong? I, it's, it's been a while since I heard the song. <laughs> uh, the 76ers. <laughs> Your guys. Y'all could have had, had Michael Porter. But, you know, like, y'all organization is in a flux right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm hearing rumors of Mike D'Antoni. Don't even put that out on the airways, bro. I'm Why hearing not? rumors of Michael D'Antoni being a coach for your... One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I said it wrong again. But, you know, we haven't heard the song. Because everything's backwards over there right now. I would throw up if Mike D'Antoni was signed as the Sixers head coach. You wouldn't like that? I would throw up. Now, what if I I said, all right, he's going to get hired, but he's going to re-upholster the entire team. Trades coming left and right. New team coming to fit his style of play. It depends on what those trades are. I don't know... If he even if he can grab a guy like a Buddy Hill, he said he loves Chris Paul. 
no, I'm cool off of Chris. He did that with some young kids and he has the ball in his hand a lot. That's cool, but you're not about to come here and have the ball in your hand. That's just not going to happen. No? Well, what about Drew Holiday? I'm here for that. <laughs> Yo, grab him, get him, do he, it. He turned into an all-star. Y'all let him go. I mean, that's where the Sixers have to take responsibility because for some reason they saw this league going into, for all the analytics guys that they claim to have, <laughs> they somehow didn't see that the league was going into a guard-heavy league and a guard-dominant league and decided to, to double down on bigs. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what their analytics team is doing and what they're telling them, but they they need they need to switch something up because they need to get a guy like Drew Holiday or Buddy Hield, guys who can score by themselves, can get to a bucket, versatile guys, guys who like to play defense as well. I mean, Buddy Hield doesn't play you know, a lot of defense, but he could do a little something. You put him behind a Joel Embiid who can block the rim for him, he could do a little something for you out there. So it's like, to get back to your point, I don't know. D'Antoni, I don't really want that. Well, I who's want, on your wish list? I, I want like a Tyron Luce, a guy who's proven, a Jason Kidd, somebody who can um, figure out how to decode the conundrum of Ben Simmons. That's your guy, yo. He's walking around Philly going to Drexel with the Jenners like... That's your guy. He's taking grand picks, sweating, having fun. You know, we about to see a whole bunch of I'm shooting in the gym vids again. That's your guy. I don't. I don't. I think, but that's why. I, that's why I think a guy like Tyron Lue, a guy like. If it's a hire for to help Ben Simmons, I'm going to go with Jason Kidd first because he was a player who was deemed a non-shooter. And turn himself into a respectable one. I, I would agree with you, but I'd also say Tyron Lue because he's a guy who knows how to deal with big personalities. He's dealt That's with true. LeBron James. That's true. And everybody coming out of Philly says that Ben Simmons is the toughest player to coach. I can imagine so. Like, if it was me, I like, if y'all stay in house, Ime Udoka is, is perfect. My only question is that, you know, he sat by and watched things not go right things that he probably saw on the bench. And I don't know if he was at liberty to voice those opinions or not, but if he saw things that weren't going right, can you really give him the position? If he didn't speak up about things that needed to get changed, like he still has a voice within the locker room. So like, if you don't go in house, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad if I saw y'all hire Nate McMillan. I wouldn't be mad if I saw y'all go get Mike Brown. I wouldn't be mad if I saw y'all, you know, get, get one of those three. The non-sexy picks, but, you know, it's a different market over there. And I think the bigger issue, the the thing that needs to get addressed first is y'all upper management. You know, how much how much power is, is Elton Brand going to have? Are y'all going to change y'all scouting report team? Are y'all going to do something with the medical team? Are y'all going to do, you know, the whole front office is probably going to have to get switched up a little bit because y'all have two win-now players. And if y'all not going to trade one of them, you got to find a way to make a roster fit their talents because I've always said Embiid's talent level is the key to allowing the Sixers to function with Ben Simmons on the floor because him being able to shoot the ball from three, him being able to put the ball on the floor as a big allows Ben Simmons to have driving lanes that wouldn't traditionally be there if he had you know, a, a bird, bird man, bird man, a bird man type of player who would just sit, you know, in a gray area on the baseline and and just come and catch oops. So y'all got to find a way to get a coach 
and a different type of talent level on y'all roster. Because y'all had it two years ago when y'all had Jimmy Butler and J.J. Reddick and a bunch of players who were more than just niche players who could only do one set of things. Y'all going to have to change something. <laughs> and I don't know what it's going to be. I think I think when you talk about the front office, <clears throat> I think that was very clear. Like, you're the Sixers, you're the Sixers guy. I'll, what do you want to see your guys do? What, what I'm saying is that I think right now in terms of our front office, Elton Brand has way more control over basketball operations than he ever did before. They didn't really know what they were going to get from Elton because he was a former player and he didn't, you know, he's not one of these guys who's grown into the business. He, what would you give him as a grade? It's hard to give him a grade when not many of those decisions were made by him. So I'm not going to put the onus on him. But now that I, you know, he's come out and said, I will have more control. I'm making more of the decisions. Now it's on him. Whatever happens from now forward is on him. And and I need to see what he's going to do. I trust his judgment on the type of players he could bring in because I feel like the type of players that we have on this team aren't necessarily bad. It's just they weren't used correctly. And I think we need we need way more shooting. We focus too too much on grabbing defensive type guys and, 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 and stretch guys and guys who can play multiple multiple positions and not guys who can fit a system and then we're we're executing the plan out on the floor. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of problems with y'all. A lot. A bevy. A lot. There's more problems with the other team in your city. And I'm, <laughs> you know, you got UCL injuries to your. I don't even, to your thumb? To your, I mean, hey. To your thumb. Similar injury of, that Drew Brees had. Kept him out six, six, seven weeks. We're talking about the Eagles, by the way, for those who don't know the plight and sadness that my guy Billy is having on his face right now because his birds look cooked. And we ain't even get to week four yet. <laughs> Are you okay over there? Bro, it's just like, why? Bro? What do you see? What, what do you see? Well, I see that our defensive line, for one, is very, very, very average. Y'all paid a bunch of money for it. Definitely guys. did. I don't know. There was all this talk about. Do you Javon- want a return on investment or not? God damn it. <laughs> Javon Hargrave, Malik <laughs> Jackson, Fletcher Cox. Those are your guys. Brenda Graham. Brenda Graham. Gary Like Those are your guys. <laughs> those are your guys. Bro, and, and these guys aren't, they're, they're not performing. Fletcher, I mean, he's getting, he, yeah, he sees double teams. I, we know that. <laughs> Aaron Donald sees double teams. Yeah, but we, you know, we shut down Aaron Donald last week. He didn't have a sack. That's true, but I would like to see how many pressures and sacks he he opened up for other people. Oh that's yeah, usually, probably. That's yeah, usually probably. how like great players on that line end up having an impact on the game. You know, Fletcher Cox might be the same type of guy. He might not have a lot of sack numbers, but he might open up sacks for for Barnett or someone like. No, hundred percent. And I was gonna get to like you know. I mean, that's normally what happens. Like, towards the end of that game, they started running stunts. That That's what at, uh, ultimately got us those few sacks that we got in the game. But the main issue I'm having right now is with Carson. Carson. <laughs> that's your guy. It is my guy. No, he's my guy. He's my guy. That's your guy. But he's forcing it, bro. Dak wouldn't do that. 
calm down. Yes, he would. Dak's not even playing well, well right now either. And I'm, I don't know. I just don't know. That's not playing too well either. The whole MC East is playing piss poor, <laughs> to be honest. But back to Carson, bro, and unfortunately when when guys like this have so much talent, man, and can have the arm talent that they do and can make almost any throw in the field, they get lazy, bro. They, they start not focusing on their mechanics. They start arming throws. Drew Brees is great because... You know, we know he didn't play too well on Monday night, but Drew Brees is great because he has the same throwing angle almost every time, just like Peyton Manning, just like Tom Brady. It's consistent. Consistency is key when you're playing the quarterback position, and Carson does not keep that consistency. And I don't know if it's a, a lack of mental focus or what, but it, it's just at times he, he feels like he needs to force it. I don't know. I don't think he has a full grasp of the game. Like, I feel like sometimes the moment gets too much for him and he gets too excited and he feels like I'm invincible and I'm going to throw into double coverage maybe across play- my maybe he's playing across man. my chest. Maybe he's playing man. Bro, there's no reason why you're <laughs> rolling out to your left and you're play- you, you, you don't even he barely flips his hips. So now when you're rolling out as a quarterback, you're supposed to reset okay. to make an accurate throw. Mahomes he, don't need that. Mahomes is different. He's one that on man one. is bionic. A one on one. <laughs> a uno of uno. That king is crazy. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. Like I, I've been watching, and I, I see. I don't. I don't know why it looks like Carson Wentz is forcing the issue. I feel like he he he's still throwing balls where he's trying to get it all back in one play. You know, they're only worth six points. They're not worth. 14, they're not worth 21, they're not worth 9, they're worth the same every time. That pass to your guy, JJ, he, he could have checked it down, got a got a, got a a little 8-yard catch, maybe get some yak on the back, on the back end, and, and things change. And, like, I don't know what it is, but there's been times when I've seen Carson Wentz with a clean pocket, standing upright, making a sandwich, cheesesteak if you will and throw the ball into into the seventh row with no pressure he actually leads the league in inaccurate passes with zero pressure I want to say the number's 12 mm-hmm. that's not good that that to me shows either a regression or he, he he plateaued and he there's there's nothing else that he can there's there, there, there's going to have to be something he's going to have to work on it's going to have to happen in this offseason. I don't know if it's the weapons. I don't know if it's the the lack of you know a true running back. Even though Miles Sanders is supposed to you know get get back on a good foot, but Carson Wentz looks like the sole problem right now for your guys. No, and I mean you're not. You're not 100% wrong. I won't say so. I'll say the biggest. I mean, yeah, but still, you're not 100% wrong because it, it, it starts with him. Last week, I mean, our defense did no favors for us, but he forced the ball. There was a chance, like the play we're talking about, the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside across the middle. Like, we had a chance to take some momentum there and, and lead in the game, which yeah. we didn't do the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And so there you have to be mindful for each possession. Like, that's the, that's the thing that I love about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is... Current a, MVP leader. 
would Which love loving. would love to see him get love that because that. he has never even got a first place vote from what I hear. Which is a travesty. I don't I don't really I don't really see how that's possible. But you know, he <laughs> he just beat my guys, Cam, and we can see like Cam's in a very a brand new place. Mm-hmm. You know, and there the Josh McDaniels is is scheming up an offense predicated around Cam's talents, what he does well, trying to minimize what he doesn't do well. And I don't know if I can say that y'all in Philly are running offense in that way. Do you think the play calls are also allowing Carson to be a little bit more loose with the ball, with his reads, with his progressions? Because I, I'm trying to find answers for why he's been so wildly inconsistent. I think the first game you definitely could have put some of that onus on on Doug because there's no reason why you're you're on your third offensive tackle and you're you're still trying to push the ball down the field. Would you rather they even try to? Run the ball or, or, or give some type of no, no, balance no, that's to keep people you, oh, to, to exactly keep people quick honest. throws, quick literally what they did last week. Get them in a rhythm. Literally get them in a rhythm, and then you hit that play over the top. Last week I get why you didn't want to really try. You got a guy in Jalen Ramsey out there. They have some solid safeties over there as well. So I mean, you you want to pick and choose your spots wisely. Understandable, but like that's where we need to get to getting Carson in a rhythm. When you look back at that 2017 season, Carson. In the beginning of each game was throwing intermediate routes, nice hooks, outs to Ertz, running the ball, then hitting the play action. Then you started working the ball downfield during the second half. Doug has to get back to that. Carson Wentz is like a hoopty, bro. You got to – it's like a hoopty in the wintertime. You got to warm him up. You got to warm him up. You got to start it up early, right? <laughs> got okay. to, bro. You got to warm it up because if you just, if you just try to break it open – Right off the bat with this guy, it's going to play with his head. It's going to make him believe that he's going to be able to throw anything out there on these guys and that those defensive guys aren't getting paid as well. you got to ease him into the game. And that's the only that's the only way that I've seen him play successful at a high level is when he's eased into the game, start off trying to run the ball. Then you can work off that play action, get him rolled out. And, and, and Doug's got to roll him out more because Carson wants to leave really? the pocket. You, you, he you, wants to leave the pocket. You would like to see him on the edge a little bit. Yes, he wants to leave. He doesn't. We've just we just said that he doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket. We just listed out that stat that he has the most inaccurate throws with a clean pocket. So where do you want him? Because if he can't get it done in the pocket when it's clean, and we know his injury history, I mean, putting him on the edge wouldn't be a bad thing. Putting him on the edge is very simple. One. He now only has to read half of a y'all, field. You'll have to establish a run game to do that too. That's though. fine, but what 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 it also comes <laughs> down to is that you can now roll him out. He only is reading half the field, and you say if if you don't see anything open, throw the ball away or run. If you don't want to run, throw it away. Yeah, <laughs> away. I, I mean. <sighs> There's a lot of questions I have for y'all team. You know, I don't know if the the Zach Ertz issue, we haven't heard much of it, much much from it, I should say, of late. But do you think that's weighing in the locker room at all? Because, like, there's, there's clearly some type of disconnect going on. Like, you got 
You got Jim Schwartz coming out saying, yeah, you know, I, I grew up, I drew up a bad game plan. You know, put that, put that on me. Don't really put that on the players. I don't know how I feel about that because even if you have a bad game plan, unless you're like literally playing zone all game against five wides and, and you got the wrong zone out, okay, maybe. But at the end of the day, the players got to do something, right? But that's 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 what happened. Jim Swartz counted on his defensive line to be able to make plays against this Rams offensive line. But my thing is, you got to put your players in positions to be successful. And he thought that they were going to be <laughs> successful when you put all that money and quote-unquote talent in your defensive line. Am I tripping if I say I feel like Darius Slay is just a guy on your team right no, now? No, 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 no. I mean, Darius played very well. I mean, okay. most, of the, most of the routes that we got caught in we were either caught in a zone where, I mean, if you, you find a hole in the zone, you find a hole in the zone. There's nothing you can really do about that. But in man-to-man coverage, Slay was – Slay didn't get – I think you got beat maybe once. But, I mean, it's the NFL. He's going yeah, to get beat. You know, uh, Stephon Gilmore got beat by DK. Oh, my God. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. He had Yikes. His, he had his hand on the ball. The recovery was great. He chumped him, too. He chumped your man. I <laughs> mean, he going to chump everybody. Have you seen him? He just he sculpted. He sculpted. I mean, he's a he sculpted him on the sideline. He's a sculpture. Right? I mean, hey, that's cool. Throw him into the sideline, like you that's boy. Okay, <laughs> you son. It's all okay because he we got, got New York on him. We got a quarterback who's his size, so he don't really want that smoke. You know, because <laughs> my guy looks great. Great. I'm so I proud say. of him. I'm so proud of don't, him. Don't, don't, You go, boy. See, see, see. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a backhanded you go, boy. I feel like you It have, wasn't, no. I feel like you have some type of small, small little tidbits you want to throw no. in there about my guy. No, now you, now you, you know. I'm just saying, man. I'm getting, I'm getting buzzes on my phone. Yo, your man Cam can't really throw the ball like that. That's what they was telling me. That was the case, bro. That was the case. The last three years, Cam has not been able to run the ball. But what happened before he he got shut down last year? Though he was playing well. It was what six and two, some wild shit like that. He was playing well, but I I think, I think this offense that they that they dialed up for him is just so beautiful. And the best thing about it is, I think it's going to change and evolve each week, just like you know the offense has been in New England, but now. There's that running aspect. There's that physicality of, you know, we have an extra running back now. Basically, like where all else fell, Cam's going to run. You know, 20 and in. Money time, you you I mean, might so see. So we thought. You, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you heard he, we got to bounce it outside. It's okay. I would have liked to see a little, little Tim Tebow jump pass. I mean, let's go a little nasty on it. But look, it's okay. Now we too. <laughs> You want we gotta keep that keep that for the back pocket. In the tuck. <laughs> keep that for the back pocket. I mean, our divisions. You know, we, we got the Bills. They they they're good this year. I'll give them their respect. Josh Allen's playing great. You know, I I, I can't say the same for y'all division. It looks bad over there. I don't know who's gonna win. And now, like Saquon Barkley's out for the year because there's nothing but injuries this entire week that we've seen in. I want to know what you think about that. Like, do are we seeing these injuries because of a very unique preseason and offseason or lack thereof 
I mean, there's no. I feel like there's always that point in the season where several marquee guys get hurt. Like it's either it either happens in like the off season where like three two three guys get hurt, or it happens like early mid season uh, where like crucial guys have major injuries. But for it to happen week two in a in a season where this is the first season ever where we haven't had preseason games, I know what the optics look like, of course. But I just. I, it's football, man. Like, sometimes these things literally just happen. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Because we, like, we've seen injuries. I mean, injuries happen. That's, it's the nature of the sport. But you, these aren't just regular dudes getting hurt. You know, we got Christian McCaffrey. He's out for, you know, he's week to week to week to week to week. It's like he's about to be out, what, four or six weeks? Yeah, something like that. Joey Bose is out for the year. Solomon Thomas is most likely done for the year. Raheem Mostert, knee injury. You know, they're all on one team. And then on the opposite side of that, you got Saquon Barkley out for the year, ACL. And these aren't just regular names. You know, like these are the, the most prominent players, you know, at their position, arguably. And I think the fact that they didn't have their normal their normal preseason, their normal routine of, you know, getting their bodies prepped for the season, I think we're going to see a lot more of these soft tissue, low contact to no contact injuries until maybe week five or six when those guys can get a little bit of a flow in. Because I still think they're, you know, trying to get used to try to get their bodies used to playing against other teams. You know, like they're not going to be practicing super hard in a pandemic in the first place, yet alone, you know, full-on t- tackling and stuff. Like, who knows how the practices are these days? And I think that preparation, you know, from a mental standpoint and just having your body be ready for those hits and those nicks and those bruises is a big thing. No, 100%. I, I mean – I know, I feel like a lot of teams definitely, I know the Eagles did for sure. They had a few practices where they actually tackled to the ground. Um, but it's normally you have those few practice, practices of hitting to the ground, and then you also have a game where you're going against people who aren't trying to just give you a good look. Because, like, people also forget that in practice, the scout team's job is to give you a good look and to act like they don't know the play um, and kind of, you know, let you be able to see certain things you need to see in order, you know, to, you know, whether or not, you know, just work on a few things, work out the kinks and stuff. So right. with just having those just few practices and not having the games to where people are actually trying to, you know, you know, I mean, people don't scheme against you in those preseason games, but there's still, it's still an opponent who hasn't seen what you do, who doesn't know, you don't know them, you don't know what right. abilities they have and right. stuff. So it's just, it's just different and because they have I, I understand you know because they haven't had that it's been tough and you think that you know it kind of has been a hindrance but I mean I don't think it's been too much of a hindrance if, if you ask me I just think it's interesting and you know I'm interested to see what the 49ers look like this week because they're playing on the same turf that you know they just got off of and they came out of that joint with a lot of injuries that they feel could have been avoided. So I want to know what their psyche is like. I want to know what their mental is going to be like going into this game because I'm sure it's more than just the coach, you know, voicing his concerns 
as a coach. Like, there's probably a load of, of players who, you know, are a little iffy about getting on the field because they just saw what happened to their teammates. And, yeah, you know, you can say it's just football and that's what happens, but the mental aspect, like, we might not see those guys get into the high gear to, to go catch a ball. Like, they might play that. That might be a play a player in the, in the back of their mind. So I want to know how they're going to respond. And I don't know what we're going to do if we continue to see people get hurt. Because we might not have a season if, if we keep seeing all these big-name players get hurt. Again, I, I mean, I, 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 man, I get you, bro. But by, by the same token, man, I think the next few weeks you won't really see too many. Um, sometimes it really is just happens like that, bro. I mean, I and guess, like football is one of those sports. Yeah, too, no, for where, sure, like, for sure. There's nothing. Like anything, is anything. I mean, I, it's it's good that we're having a conversation about injuries on the field and not a team having a brash rash breakout of coronavirus. No, yeah, literally, because I feel you know? like these guys are, have been following. The now, I will say, well. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, because I really can't trust the NFL when it comes to them being transparent about anything. You think they lying about the COVID? I would, I wouldn't. About I the would, Rona? I would think that they not not lying about the <laughs> Rona, because like, I wouldn't put it past those guys. You know, like, like we right. saw on a college level, like, some coaches are like, hey, bro, we ain't telling y'all a thing about our team. And you got other other coaches like, yeah, we, we feel like it's in the best interest of everyone involved if we let know, if we let people know who has coronavirus, who doesn't, you know? And I ain't going to say the NFL is just lying about it, but, like, it's it's good nonetheless. You know, everyone's going to be a little skeptical about the NFL because they go about business their own way. They're the only, the only league that we saw start one time probably going to end on time, probably going to have their draft and their combine around on time. You know, they they live by their own rules. They operate their own rules. So I wouldn't put it past them if they switched up things a little bit. But, you know, all in all, I think the NFL is doing a really good job because we were skeptical. I I, know, I, was. I was. I sure was. I was skeptical. So I'm like, look. I know. What was they, that they ain't got a bubble. They going to look just like the MLB because them dudes uh-huh. is not going to be sitting in their, in their cribs or wherever they at playing these games and then going back home. I mean, they got to, they got the chance to see everybody else fuck up. So, I mean. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They, they, they probably got they, 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 uh, their group chats like, look, we can't be going to these casinos. We can't be going to these these, these places to go get these uh, lemon pepper loo wings. We can't do that. Y'all better figure something out. We in this gym together. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see what y'all guys do this week. Uh, we got Cincinnati. We should be cool, hopefully. <sighs> let's get to this. I mean, let's let's unveil our new our new, uh, our new new statement, our yay segment. It's a weird time to do the yay segment, but we going to do the yay segment. We got to. You know, usually the yay segment would be something, you know, something that, I mean, everyone's familiar with Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guy, my probably my favorite artist ever. There's a difference between artist and rapper and MC and all that, but you know that's <laughs> we're here for that right now. Okay, the, the yay segment. Is, <laughs> the yay segment is you know basically <clears throat> when you say something, you have a, a thought on something that most people would disagree with, or or it might make people a little uncomfortable. You know because uncomfortable is the new thing in 2020. Hmm, who are you telling? <laughs> and we 
are so comfortable with being uncomfortable that we can't really associate with that word. Damn sure can't. Because Breonna Taylor <laughs> got murdered. Hence the murdered part. I'm going to put it in all caps. If I could <laughs> put a, a, a graphic near me, it would be all caps. Underline that joint too. Couple couple times, bold it, put a little italics on it because that's what happened. I love the italics. You know, I don't want to hear the alleged this, you know, unforeseen circumstance. That all that's bullshit. That's not it. Her murderers didn't get charged in the murder of, you know, serving a no knock warrant, which should shouldn't even be a thing in the first place. They had the audacity, and by they, I mean, you know, Dan, what's his name? Daniel Cameron, mm-hmm. <laughs> the attorney general for, for, for that great state of Kentucky. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a black man, by the way. Oh, you thought that? Come on now. But we know the the, 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 the old Negro spiritual uh, proverb, <laughs> all skin folk ain't kin folk. Just not. And that's, that's, that's more than evident because he had the audacity to go on. Whatever TV or wherever he was having CNN, his MSNBC, at, Fox News, whichever one you like. And try to justify his ruling. If you want to call it a ruling, because I don't know if you saw what the what the charges were. I did I did not full I did not see the full list of charges. No, I did not. What charges did you see? What did you see? That's what I want to know before we continue. What did I see as a whole, or what no, did I? Whatever you want, it's the yay segment, baby. You tell me what you see. You're the political guy. <laughs> I'm just here. So worth in, a take. So in terms <laughs> of, in terms of the whole case as a whole, I do understand that there are certain, there were certain laws and provisions that he had to abide by, and that he had to, you know, make his determination off of. So I do understand that, but. When black people in America talk about the system being built against us and how it needs, the whole system needs to be changed, this is exactly what we're talking about. Because in this case, it was clear that Breonna Taylor was murdered. They used a no-knock warrant to enter. No-knock! To enter her 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 place of residence and what she pays. She pays the bills in that place. Hold on, hold on. What, she, what was she doing in there? She though? was asleep. Oh, so you can't sleep while black now? Let me, I guess let, let me add this. So you can't sleep while black. You can't jog while black. You can't drive while black. You can't sit on your own couch while black. What can you do? I, continue. So, you know, she was murdered and it was clear murder. But because of a technicality, the people who did murder her are now being let off. <laughs> let off. No, I mean, because no, no, no. that's essentially what it is. I mean, those little charges, those frivolous charges, aren't and they're misdemeanors. <laughs> oh no, 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 bro! They're 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 technically a felony. <laughs> technically, they're, technically, they're misdemeanors. A class <laughs> D felony. That's essentially a misdemeanor. The lowest of the four, <laughs> not the highest. <laughs> Maximum sentence. Get it? Guess it. Just guess. One to two years. No, good brother. It's five. Just a small five. You know, when we're, when we're talking about murder, you would expect that would be at least up as 10, 15. I, I don't even know if I can pronounce this quote unquote wine time endangerment. That's what I'm going to guess it's called. 
Wonton endangerment. That's what it's called. I don't know what fucking. <laughs> I don't know what page of the of the rule book of the law book of the whatever the government's looking at. I don't know what page it is, but I will tell you, I've never heard of this thing before, and it's the equivalent of of, of falsifying. You know, selling 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 things that don't even you know, like. You you're not going to get in trouble for this. And I have a problem with that. I mean, they're basically saying, you know, <laughs> we care more about the apartment and the neighbors of Breonna Taylor than Breonna Taylor herself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You mean, you, you mean black people getting put to the back burner? <laughs> that's where they that's where they think we belong. Right. That's how they treat us. That's what it looked like to me. I I just I just don't understand how 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 this could 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 still be a thing and like it makes me feel like you know what, fuck it, shut everything down. I know everyone love the NFL, NBA, and all that shit flying right now, but like, shut all that shit down until we get some type of action. Because I've been saying since day one when all when when. When this movement started, this awakening of the entire world, finally realizing that black people have been done wrong since day one, maybe we don't need sports right now. Because that little sliver of normalcy is what white people want. So they can go and live their little white lives without having to even understand or see this type of constant negative an overt racism. That little sliver of normalcy that we see in sports right now. We had the ear of the world at one point before sports came back. Sports came back. Everything went back to normal a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean it did, bro, but I think it also It puts them in a it puts them in a weird space. It does put them in a weird space, but I I, I will say this. Do I think that we lost some of the attention that we had by sports coming back? Yeah, I do. I, 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 100% I do. But I also think we still have a lot of that attention. There's a lot, like, bro, I was driving around uh, in Connecticut today, right? And um, I was in a predominantly white, I was in Avon or Avalon or whatever whatever that is. Whatever that is in Connecticut. It, but it's, you know, predominantly white town, nice homes. And, bro, I saw so many Black Lives Matter, like, you know, little lawn pins or whatever. Lawn, right, right, or whatever, right. You know, for the, uh, yeah. So those were sitting there in, in so many lawns that I was driving by. And I was shocked because you would have never saw that two years ago. No, not no, even a no, year no, ago. not even. So, not like, even. And, and, and I'm not absolving anybody of anything. But to see that tells me that we've made some type of breakthrough. Now. We have. We right have. now, what I feel like is best and what I feel like what we need to do, um, I don't know if stopping sports is really going to do anything, but... It's not. I mean, I would like to see it happen, but on the same token, they have a platform unlike any other right now. They do. But it's not an athlete's responsibility to correct and that systemic was my point. that was my point and government institutionalized 
racism. It should not be on LeBron James to be to have to play a sport and then receive crit. Oh, what about China? Y'all don't give a fuck about China. No one gave it. Y'all don't. Y'all only bringing up China because y'all running out of things to say about LeBron James personally. He opened a school. He's sending people to. He he opened a school. He's sending people to college. Definitely is. I just don't. I just don't understand. You know, it's always stick to sports for for the black athletes, but you got UFC guys taking calls from the president on calls from the president in the middle of a press conference interview. On the heels of him saying LeBron James is a spineless coward. I don't even... Are you even an A-list, B-list fighter in your sport, bro? Or are you just pandering to an audience? Because Dana White's going out here and he's he's at he's at the rallies. So is politics and sports only good when it's for, for, for the benefit of the white person? Or is it only when black athletes speak out about something or minority athletes or women in, in, in sports? Is it only applicable to them when they're drawing attention to something that is that that is in dire need of attention? When you make the rules, it makes it way easier for you to manipulate them. <laughs> you might have to you might have to put that one on a on a poll. <laughs> On a wall or something, man. Nah, but when you make the rules, bro, it makes it so much easier to manipulate them the way that you see fit. And that's what our justice system has come to. It's come to people with their own ideologies and their own beliefs manipulating the system to obtain and to, you know, to push their own agendas. Like, that's what American politics is. And now American politics is a game. <laughs> it's literally a game. I want to read you something. Class D felonies in Kentucky include possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. That doesn't apply here. Mm-hmm. Unauthorized use of a credit card involving a sum of money between $500 and $1,000. Stalking in the first degree. Possession of a controlled substance. And wanton engagement in the first degree. That, those are the options for a Class D felony. Nowhere does that say anything about murder or anything like that. So how on earth can you take someone's life and get charged with the equivalent of using an unauthorized credit card? Don't even mention the murder in the reports. Yeah, because they were technically weren't charged. The two shooters were not charged. It's incredible. The one who actually shot the fatal shot, man, he's probably sitting out on a beach somewhere. But we have to stick to sports. It's sickening, bro. We have to shut up and dribble. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can agree. I mean, this is this is look. We are at and it's home. an it's an everyday thing though. Like this is why it's important. For everybody to make sure they go out there and register to vote. Make sure y'all... Make sure your friends vote. Literally, like, this is not... I said a, I said a message in my group chat. I said, if y'all don't vote this year, lose my number and do not hit me up in, in the future. Bro, and there's so many people that are just... Oh, my vote don't matter. Literally. Or, I mean, Biden's not a good choice either, man. So like, what? So what? Sometimes you... There, Sometimes the bad choice and the worst choice, you got to make one. 
And that's that's what people don't understand. At the end of the day, you got to make a choice. There has there a choice has to be made. And I I'm with the people of you know I'm I don't I'm not I don't like Democrats and I don't like Republicans because neither of them are really for black people. But y'all not ready for that discussion right now. No, y'all no, not ready take for Take it easy. <laughs> you can't right go now, full. You can't go full yay right now. <laughs> like y'all not ready for that conversation. The conversation at hand is what side do you believe? is in the best interest for you and what is what's what side is in the best interest for the majority My that's that is, that's what it that's what it needs to be i'm not gonna sit here and tell you who to vote for because i don't believe in that as long as you use your active right to vote it is what it is you can't do nothing about that it is what it is but, but you have to like you gotta vote especially man. in this climate you see what's going on you see the constant barrage of of racism from all over the place. They're they're insulting intelligence now. Basically, say, oh, you know these these random black bodies that we're finding in trees all across the country, like they're committing suicide. I don't know about you, but I don't know any black person who would take their life in the same style as back when there were slaves running around. Sure as hell, I wouldn't. Not in no public. Not in no public park. No way. No way, no how. <laughs> Not me. No way, no how. So, I mean, we're going to leave y'all with that. Hopefully, y'all go out and vote. Hopefully, y'all register. Get your absentee balances and get all that in because it's going to be a scary world if, if, if people don't use their voice in the right way. 100%. It's to be determined. It's to be determined. That's the name of the show. It might stick. It might not. This is Alan. Tim Workshop. You don't shop or work. I work now. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Bills. They call me Bill. They call me Billy. <laughs> Are you rapping? Yeah, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to sign off on that. The milk's going back. I'm going to make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear. It's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere, might as well go ahead and start here We done had a hell of a year, I'ma make it count why I'm here God is the only man I fear